Hi and welcome to the BizInc podcast. I'm delighted to have Steph Hines from GrowthWise with me. Hi, Steph. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Very good. Um, so um, GrowthWise is um, based in in Newcastle, New South Wales. Have you ever been to Newcastle in the UK? I have not. I had my first trip to London in May, actually, and okay. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. So it's definitely on the hit list to spend some more time oh, in good. the UK. Yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> it's probably a little bit different than um, <laughs> the Newcastle you live in, but uh, yeah. Um, cool. Well, could you give us a little bit of background to, to yourself and GrowthWise before we get started? Yeah, so I started my accounting career 17 years ago as a a little baby trainee accountant when I had just left school Um, and I just did traditional accounting work for uh, 10 years and then I decided it was time to start GrowthWise. So we started GrowthWise just over seven years ago now um, in our beautiful tiny little town of Newcastle (laughs) and uh, basically have just grown and and grown, still very much a a small business. There are 12 of us now, not all full-time, but 12 of us in the the team and we pretty much just service small businesses and um, I think every single day, certainly for me, is very different in terms of what actually helping those small businesses looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we still do all of the traditional accounting work, um, all of the compliance work, and then do a lot of business management um, and, and helping everyone learn and, and kind of get really involved and ingrained in their businesses. And we also do a lot of tech implementations now as well. Okay. Um so for anyone who hasn't visited your website, the first thing you see in, in pretty big letters is the phrase, think, learn, grow, and kick ass. <laughs> so I, um, I look at a lot of accounting websites, which, which isn't uh, always a great thing, but um, I've never seen anything like like that on there. And um, what I do see is a lot of firms who, who say, oh, we're, we're different to other accountants. We're different from the average accountant. But but in reality, they can't communicate um, that difference. So um, in what ways would you say you are different than, um, I guess, a traditional firm? Yeah, I think for us, when when we were setting up and when we were actually going through um, what we wanted to do with the business and who we wanted to work with, um, I'm very passionate about really helping people step outside their nice little comfort zone and really push the boundaries of what they want to do. So mm-hmm. When we were setting everything up, I wanted to attract people who were really keen and excited to grow and really keen and excited to learn and, you know, just just wanted to do things differently themselves in business. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if we were, um, if, if we looked like every single accounting firm, it was going to be really hard to attract those type of people. Mm-hmm. And I also knew that then, you know, anybody else who, who, wasn't doing that and, and was, you know, happy with their, their business as is and, and just wanted to, to tweak a little few things, they wouldn't be happy with the service level that we were offering either. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it was a bit of we need to find the exact right people. Um, how can we really, really easily put out there what, what our kind of ethos is internally and hence the phrase. <laughs> I think that's, that, that, that's very important that um... – Marketing isn't just about attracting people. It's also about maybe rejecting is the, is is too strong a word, but you know, if someone was um, 
I, I imagine there's people who come to your website and think these guys aren't for us and that's a good thing. Yes, definitely. And I think everyone needs to kind of be okay with that because we're a tiny, like there are 12 of us. So we certainly can't deal with every single type of business and, you know, we can't offer um, services like the, the big four do or, mm-hmm. or even really large businesses. So um, for, for us, we didn't want to have people, you know, ringing or emailing or contacting us and, and basically us having to say, look, no, we're really not for you. Mm. We wanted to be able to eliminate that both for those guys so they're not wasting their time um, and for us as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I, I, I guess it's key, kind of answered it really, but how important do you think it is having that clear point of difference or unique selling point uh, for accounting firm? It is so important because everybody nowadays has a, a niche of some description or mm. they have really good skill set in some area. So there's a, a couple of people in Australia who, you know, just concentrate on the hospitality and retail industry mm-hmm. as an example. And there are people who just concentrate on um, the tech market um, with, with SaaS. And to be able to display that to the outside world it is so important, not only from your marketing strategy and understanding who you're trying to attract, but internally as well. Mm-hmm. We see the website as kind of our internal for the team uh, reminder all the time of this is what we're here for and this is what we really want to be able to do as well. And to convey that to the rest of the world, I think is just you have to nowadays. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the brand goes way beyond just the logo, you know, and I think your website and the stuff that you do encapsulates that that it doesn't just end at you know the visual side of things it goes right throughout the company yeah very much so and it helps attract staff it helps attract the right clients um, it allows us to to kind of do exactly what we want to do and when you're busy and you're running around trying to do a hundred million different things it's good to have that very visual reminder for us mm-hmm. as well so we've we've basically used um, our brand all throughout our physical office space as well. So uh, our boardroom has the big think letters written everywhere and um, we have a learn room, a grow room and a, a kick-ass room. So you know, as soon as you wander into the office in the morning, it's a bright, beautiful visual reminder of what our brand is and, and what we're trying to do. Yeah, cool. Um so in terms of kind of specializing, like you say, everyone, oh, I don't know if everyone does, like ha, ha, has a kind of industry or vertical um, niche or, or niche to American listeners. I can't, I can't say that still. But, uh, <laughs> um, um, everyone's searching for, like, you know, example, I was speaking to a firm in the States yesterday and he was, he was trying to focus on three industries, which was libraries in Kentucky mental health practices and tradespeople and construction workers, which I thought was quite a, quite an interesting blend. Um, do you think that you have to um, have like an industry or vertical or are there other ways you can specialise and be different? Yeah, look, I don't think it has to be an industry at all. And I think a lot of people 
do the, this niching very um, subconsciously without kind of actually saying this is what we do. Mm-hmm. I know someone in Australia who literally said, I want to own the town. So I want to be the accountant for this entire town, which means mm-hmm. I can build a brilliant community. I can get everybody involved in what's going on. And, and I know what my limit will be, but this is what I really would like to do. And, and that means that, you know, your office space is set up in the street that it needs to be in and all of your team members need to realistically be physically located next to you and and there's a great opportunity to do that because it's it's similar type of work obviously you know when there's downturn happening happening in an industry mm-hmm. you know when there's seasons and peaks and it doesn't necessarily have to be an industry based it mm. can be a, a type of person so a type of personality that is very refined and this is exactly who you want to deal with because if you're focused on that type of person they're going to all want exactly the same services mm-hmm. as well and i think that's what i try and convey when i'm talking to accountants it's not I want to deal with tradespeople necessarily. It has to go much, much further than that. It's I want to deal with tradespeople who might look like this, who so might have between two and 20 employees and um, they're on site, so they're this type of trade or they've, you know, they're at this level and they're dealing with these type of businesses. And the more refined we all are with who our ideal is and who we want to actually deal with as people, the better services we end up providing because you can really refine and and learn exactly what you need to for those services as well. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I want to a bit of a chat about social media um, and you're presenting a session on that at ZeroCon South next week, right? I am. It's very exciting. Friday afternoon last session, but I'm hoping to pump everybody up and get them really excited before the gala dinner. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll be there. I'll come. (laughs) Excellent. Um, So can you give us a sneak peek of what you're going to talk about? I most definitely can. So (laughs) I want it to be a really practical session because I think um, everyone understands that social media is a tool that is out there to help our businesses grow or to build our community or to learn or to basically use it however you want to. So I want it to be a really practical session and I'm going to be going through all the different types of platforms, how you actually choose which platform to target first, what do you need to be thinking about to produce a content plan, Um, who should be doing social media in your business, i.e. the principals or somebody else, Mm -hmm. and what you need to be doing in terms of that consistency. So um, I did a a very quick uh, video last week focused on on you need to know before the session and, and that's basically you need to have a target market, you need to have an ideal client in mind because if you don't have an ideal client in mind, you really can't choose what platform is going to be best for your business, what you actually need to post or anything else. Um, So I I think it'll be definitely a roll your sleeves up session and people can be getting a lot of very practical how-tos out of it as well. That's my aim anyway. Yeah, that'll be awesome. I I think that's a a great approach. Mm. Um, When I'm talking to a lot of firms, I think they see social media um, very much as a traditional marketing channel, you know, where, they, where they're going to get new business. And, you know, personally, I think getting leads should be fairly low down on the list of reasons why you, you use social media. What, what do you think? 
Um, I, I would argue the opposite for okay. you there. For, for, for accountants and, and for accountants, <laughs> there's always a, an ROI on time spent. And I yeah. think for, for the individual people, for, for the individual people who are working in your business, social media is an amazing tool for connections, for learning, for really getting that collaboration going with other people. And that's a completely different topic. But we certainly encourage every single person in GrowthWise to be on their platform of choice for social media and, and be, you know, actually actively participating in the conversations. And that's one side of, of social media. But for accountants with an ROI, it's an amazing tool to gain new clients and not only just an amazing tool to gain new clients but to gain the clients that you want because you can be so targeted and for me it's just another marketing tool so way back in the the good old days you know we had the yellow pages in Australia and and, you know you have billboards and all sorts of different things Social media is just another marketing tool. It's done on a very, very different, um, like in a very different way than what marketing has been done Mm. before. But it certainly is a very useful tool for generating new business and more importantly, the new business that you really want. So just to talk about like, um, you know, the practicalities of that, um, can you give an example where sort of like a interaction on social media would flow through to 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 a new client? Yeah, so I'll give you a different example because I'll do one of these while we're at um, ZeroCon as sure. well. Answering a simple question. So we put up zero tip of the week mm-hmm. as an example every single week and it could be something very simple like, here's how you edit your dashboard or we did the the seven tips to get the most out of your zero file and um uh, we did that one a couple of weeks ago and had somebody who was just actually scrolling through instagram and saw this tip and basically just contacted and said oh wow you guys look like you actually know a lot about zero um here's what i do and and did a and contact form on our website and that person has actually become a client. Right. So, <laughs> and uh, this happens all the time to us because okay. we're utilizing social really well. We're, you know, using hashtags. And the other side of that is it's a great platform for our clients to be able to tag others. So, we're doing, um, again, a zero event. We do two of those per year uh, and we just pop it up on our social media and it's generally just for, for our clients. We don't promote it on any other. Um, avenue other than just throw it up on on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter Mm -hmm. Um, and our clients are then tagging their friends and saying you should come along to this event with me and then all of a sudden they come along they meet us and they become our client. Very cool. Um, One of the um, one of the ways I see kind of people who are using social really well like yourself it's kind of interacting with partners like Zero, as you mentioned, and and, and Spotlight and Carbon. Do you think that's a a, um, a really good way that that firms can kind of, uh, I guess, leverage the audience of those partners? Definitely. And when I started using social media, I started with Twitter, and it was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and for me. 
I looked at it in two ways. It was an opportunity to interact with the partners, so the suppliers that we were working with. It was an opportunity to learn a lot for them, from them, keep up to date with what they were doing. It was a conduit to have those conversations because mm. this is social media we're talking about here. Um, but it's a great place to physically learn just for yourself and the business, so everybody in the business, actually what's going on. So for us, I think we've been able to build some fantastic partnerships and relationships with the suppliers that that we work with just because we're actively engaging with them on on social and it gives you a different aspect. It gives you uh, that ability to have the open conversation where other people can chime in and give feedback to those partners for, for what's actually happening on a daily basis as well. Yeah, absolutely. And like I know from talking to some of those partners, they want firms like yourself who are real active and wanting to, I guess, promote them. And and they'll do quite a lot to uh, to, to promote you, I think, if, you, if you're that, you know, doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, they certainly will. And we found um, it's a great way for people who ordinarily wouldn't even think to contact us to to get in touch and it's not necessarily the the carbons and the, the spotlights of the mm-hmm. world where we're where people see that that's a little bit of okay you guys kind of must know what what you're doing and mm. what's going on but for things like deputy when we're talking about rostering and we're talking about being able to, you know, ban admin by having everything integrated or we're talking about the latest new features for Vend and and how we love this or we love the integration with Hey You and, and things. And the outside world, I do that naturally because I think this is great. Everyone should know that there's this new feature and it's, it's wonderful and fantastic. Mm-hmm. But the reality is doing that gets you in front of people that you would not norm- normally have actually been in contact with. So yep. we had a, um, a, a sporting goods shoe store um, contact us a couple of weeks ago because we'd been talking about Vend and the different features and the integration and the fact that you could use Deputy Vend and Zero in a beautiful little package. And those people would never have thought to actually contact us if we hadn't have been actively kind of celebrating on social what was going on with those suppliers. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, um, it, I mean, that's the network effect, isn't it? You know, they can spread out. And for most firms, they're not wanting to get, you know, um, thousands of clients every month, you know, I, I use that like figuratively. Mm. Um, so those little connections like that, that can bring in, you know, one or two clients here and there, um, c- can be hugely important. It, massively important. And for, for accountants, I always go back to, you know, it's, it's the cost of acquisition and mm. being able to say, uh, how long are we spending on business development and, and getting clients onboarded and into the pot? And if you're actively out there promoting exactly what you do and why you do it and why it's really important, you attract just the right people. Mm. So there's not so much of that wasted time of, okay, well, I'm doing proposals and quotes or I'm having a first appointment and, and it's the wrong people coming into the pod. And that's why I love social for this purpose mm. because if, if you're putting out there exactly what you want in return and exactly what you can offer, which is more important, you're going to get the right people. Yeah, and I guess it's kind of well, it's kind of like modern referrals, isn't it? You know, those people are, are basically coming to you 
um, and they're already pretty much sold um, rather than, you know, even to warm them up, like you say, proposals and all that kind of thing. They're already quite a way down that funnel. Definitely. And it's great for our existing clients as well. So we, I'm not even too concerned about getting, you know, 10 new clients per month from mm. social, etc. Uh, for us, it's a fantastic tool to keep our existing clients very sticky and to engage with them and to get them excited and, and on track and let them know what's happening in the world as well. And I find it's very easy for our clients then to refer others to us because mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes I'll, I'll get an email chain down the track from an existing client who's saying this is the person that you need to meet to a potential new client and all they've done is put our Facebook page link in there or our Instagram um, link in there so that they're not even, you know, selling or referring. It's just like this is what these guys do. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. Um, one thing that... Um so we did quite a bit of research and looking at, you know, um, kind of how accounts, websites and online marketing is performing. And and one of the things that um, we see across the board really is that um, most people who visit an accounting website um, aren't in the, the, the buying kind of mode. Um, they're in the research kind of phase. Um, so the conversion rate from accounting websites doesn't tend to be very high often like, you know, 1% or less. Um, the other statistic we looked at, um, looked at Google Analytics data, you can get global aggregated data. Um, and only about 20% of people ever return to accounting websites. So you kind of put those two things together is that, you know, like most people aren't ready to buy and most of those won't come back. Um, so, so what we often talk about is it's really important to have things like a lead magnet on your site where you try and capture someone's details. Um, obviously not everyone's going to do something like that. So one thing that I've been looking at with quite a bit of interest is, uh, Facebook remarketing, um, and, and, um, and Google remarketing. Have you ever experimented with those things? Uh, we have, but not with ourselves. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> with, our, with our actual clients because uh, for us, the brilliant thing about social, the brilliant thing about marketing on your website is uh-huh. you can choose when to dial that up or down. Yeah, yeah. So we always choose ourselves when to dial it up or down because we, there's only 12 of us and, and we're at a really good stage in our business now where we don't need to get 10 people a month. You know, we're kind of happy with three brilliant new clients per month and that's yeah. really easy for us. But with clients, we've done a lot of Facebook um, retargeting and it's working very very well because everyone seems to you know Facebook is kind of the place that most people go to Mm -hmm. and that's where you are engaging whereas most people websites they're pretty static Mm. other than maybe doing a few blogs so it's much easier to go back to someone and go okay here's something new this is actually what we're thinking about at the moment or this is what's happening in our business. And I think that opportunity to get back in front of the right people is much easier to do with Facebook, mm. much easier. And I imagine the Google retargeting would be exactly the same, um, but we haven't had a play around with that just yet. 
No, we're just dipping our kind of toe into it. It's always, you know, <laughs> trying to trying yeah. to do all these things at once and do it right. But I, I see a lot of potential for that. And we're, we're kind of monitoring a few clients who are who are doing it. Where um, I, I do think most, you know, most people who visit accounting websites aren't just going to give you a call. But if you can, like, say, re-engage with them, um, not with an advert, but with something like here's a um, you know a download, a report on, and, and again, this is where um, if you've got your highly kind of um, developed client persona that you're targeting, you could offer them something really relevant to re-engage with you. Um, I, I think there's huge potential in that for, for accounting firms. Agree. And I don't think that's just accounting firms. I think that's everyone. And one of the reasons that we love um, experimenting with social and experimenting with web and and what's going on is it allows you to have very different conversations with your clients as well. Mm. We don't do any of that work. Obviously, we're still accountants, Um, but it's just that conversation piece to get our clients quite excited and engaged Mm. in what they need to do from that marketing point of view as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we mentioned ZeroCon earlier. Um, how many ZeroCons have you been to now? All of them in Australia. I'm going to go, oh, yeah. I think, is this year six maybe? I, I went to the first one, I think. When was the first one? Was it, it Sydney? Was it, no, it was in Melbourne. Oh, was it? Okay, I think mm-hmm. it's the first one. <laughs> I think I went to the second one then. <laughs> yeah. I, they, there's been so many they all they're all so good they roll into one i'm like what year was that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i've been to them in the uk in the us and new zealand so i think i've done the full i've done the full lot now you are a seasoned professional then <laughs> well I, I reckon you are too so i was gonna ask what what would your tips be for for firms who are attending on on getting the most from ZeroCon apart from attending your session <laughs> Definitely my session number yeah. one. It's to really understand what you're trying to get out of ZeroCon. So if you are really wanting to do more with the add-on partners and do more with the ecosystem, then don't think that you can just run around in your lunch break or run around in the morning and chat to these people. You need to spend dedicated time. So miss a session. It's okay. You don't have to go to absolutely everything every single hour miss a session and really sit down and spend time with the ecosystem, the people that you want to, that you want to engage with, because there's nothing better than that face-to-face actual conversation where you can talk about the problems or talk about the questions that you've got and get them solved right there on the spot. Mm -hmm. So that would definitely be my first tip. And my second tip for everybody would be make sure you know what's going on in advance. So definitely have a look at that session plan and go to the things that are really important for you and that make sense for you. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's all of the the high-profile keynote stuff. Um, Make sure that, you know, if you're trying to, to do something about you know, the actual zero program itself, then go to the deep dive sessions. Mm. And I think the third thing is there are so many wonderful people that I get to see at ZeroCon every single year. Be okay with just wandering around and bumping into people and having those lovely discussions because there are so many accountants on their journey so many bookkeepers on their journey who've been doing this for a long time and then others who you know, it's their first kind of month using zero and, and they're getting quite excited um, to have changed. So 
just sit down. Don't be afraid to go to a table where there's a whole heap of people and and start to open up with a conversation because that's where the learning comes from. Mm. It's not necessarily in a formal session. It's from just bumping into somebody in you know the food line or, or something and having that sit-down conversation to say, this is who I am, this is what I'm doing. Because those connections, thanks to social, can really start to to get broader and broader but you need those connections in the first place so meeting somebody in a line and being able to say right let's stay connected let's share what's going on will be invaluable yeah absolutely um that there are awesome tips one i would say is i don't know if it's the same for you but um not just zero com but whenever i get away from the office and especially somewhere like ZeroCon where you're seeing a lot of interesting content, it always gives me a load of ideas that I don't tend to get in front of my desk. Um, so I see a lot of people scribbling things down and you certainly aren't short of pads and pens that people give you to, to, to record everything. Um, but my tip would be yeah, make those notes, but actually um, schedule some time when you get back to the office to make those into plans or, or say, oh, that was a rubbish idea or whatever, but don't just get excited while you're there. Then you get back and just go back to work in, in the normal way. Yeah, we have a rule for anyone who goes to any conference that they have to have a minimum of one day after the conference where there's no work, they don't do emails, they don't do any physical work. It's just sitting down and going through, okay, these are all of the ideas, here are my notes and actually scheduling in if if it's a big thing that you need to do a change, scheduling in that time to make those changes change your processes and actually get stuff done. And we, um, because we're in Newcastle and we have to travel everywhere Mm -hmm. to get to any of the zero cons, we always stay an extra day. So there's always four or five of us from the team and we stay an extra day and we just use that day to hang around in the hotel room or a nice cafe and go through, here's all of our collective ideas. This is what we think are the top five things that we need to work on. What does that look like? What do we need to change? How are we going to do this? Get it all scheduled in. You're pumped. You're excited. It's fresh in your mind. And then you go back to work on Monday and you start doing those things that are already planned um, in your week, which is great. Yeah, that's a brilliant idea. I might have to steal that from you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that and no one wants to go home the morning after the gala dinner night anyway. That is true. So. Well, I've got a bit of a dilemma because um, I'm going to the gala dinner, but I've also arranged to go rock climbing in Queensland on the Saturday and Sunday, which a hangover and um, <laughs> great heights and danger doesn't necessarily go together. So <laughs> I might be Not on the minimal all. water. <laughs> you, you should definitely just have a few waters and maybe one or two beers on the Friday night only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good plan. That, that's my fifth tip. So. <laughs> Oh, good. Well, um, hey, thanks very much for that, Steph. That's been awesome, and I look forward to catching up next week in in Brisbane. Me too. It'll be fun. Yeah, brilliant. (laughs) Thank you. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks.